The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In the past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Good afternoon and welcome to The Career Confidant. Thank you for joining us today. This is your host, Marie Zimanoff, and this show is here to help you get the tools and the resources that you need to take control of your own career direction. And today we're going to be talking about some of the things that I see get in people's way. So we're going to be talking about nine job search roadblocks And the nice thing is all of these are easily moved in terms of their heavy weight lifting. They just take some introspection, most of them. And we're also going to be talking about five or six career growth roadblocks. So thinking about things that get in people's way when I see them struggling in their job search. Here are a few things that tend to be getting in the way. So the first is hanging on to things that are are irrelevant. So what might this look like? So let's say you're working on your resume and you start to put together your education. And in that education, you list everything. Just working with a, a gentleman who's in operations had this little stint where he went and got a more healthcare type degree, right? It does, it's not relevant. It's great that, that he went to do that, but it, it just doesn't fit. It's an oddball, it wastes space that, that he could be using for things that are more relevant to his current job aim, which is operations. And so, you know, you have to have a conversation with yourself, or if you're working with someone like me, they'll probably start up that conversation with you on, is this really relevant? What really fits? And in this category of hanging on to the irrelevant, I would also think about how that comes out in an interview. Right, if you are talking about things that you've done that aren't relevant to where you want to go or systems that you've used that aren't relevant to the employers where you're going. And we talked about that a couple of weeks ago when we talked about interviewing specifically. But hanging on to, to these irrelevant things can make it challenging for you to build a comprehensive brand, right? It can make it challenging for you to look like a strong candidate in the direction that you want to go because there are these things that don't quite fit in. Now, that's not to say that there might not be things that you want to keep for some kind of interest. 
today, most of the time, that will be on LinkedIn. So let's say, and one of my colleagues used to tell the story of her husband, who was an electrical engineer, I think, and would not take off his resume that he was a classical guitarist or some kind of guitarist, and he'd been in a band, a rock band, I think, not too uncommon for you electrical engineers for those two things to come together. So he'd been in a band and he always wanted to put it on his resume, right? And he'd been in this band and they talked about it. And she said, oh, you know, that's not really relevant to where you're going. And he said, well, you know, actually it is because a lot of my peers will have been in a band and they think it's cool and it gives us something to talk about, right? All right. So then we just want to make sure that it's where it should be in a resume and or that it's on LinkedIn, builds that personal description, personalized version of ourselves on LinkedIn. But that's a little bit different than listing a degree that's not relevant. We're really thinking through how might this be taken by an employer? How might it be relevant to an employer? Not simply putting it on there because we have it and talking about it same thing, right? Is it does it answer the question? Does it bring up something that that helps you tell a story? How does it fit in to how you want to talk about yourself? A lot of that comes when that wonderful question in the interview, tell me about yourself, right? And we want to be clear that what we're talking about in that section is relevant as well and genuine and all of the other things that we know we want to do when we're talking about our brand. So hanging on to the irrelevant, are you hanging on to something that just doesn't fit with where you are now? Are you hanging on to something that that happened in the past that doesn't affect where you're going in the future, which comes to our next point, focusing on the past instead of the future. So this may sound counterintuitive because interviewing is all about selling your accomplishments, right? And your resume is all about selling your accomplishments. In some ways, yes, but in other ways, it's more about your future. What accomplishments tell the story of how you can be successful in this, in the future? What accomplishments are going to be important for this hiring manager in the future to see that you can do. What things from your past tell the story that you want to create in the future? And of course, you've got to be careful about this, right? I was listening to an employer talk at an event last week, and he was talking about you're hiring an executive chef and you get someone whose resume is just great and it says that they've learned all the latest food techniques what really that means is that they've, you know, squeezed guacamole out of a tube at Taco Bell. We don't want to stretch the truth, right? We don't want to wordsmith to the point that we're lying. What we do want to do is think about what stories from our past paint this picture of where we want to be in the future. And I think we've talked about career obituaries on this show before, but that's not what your resume is meant to be. And even when you're thinking about applying for a job or going into an interview, it's really all about the the future and how can you market to that company's future needs? How can you speak to that position where you're going versus just 
making a list of all the things that you've done or even telling all these stories of great accomplishments. If we're not thinking about the picture that they paint for us in terms of how we want to move forward, that's not going to help us very much regardless, even if they're great accomplishments. If they're not relevant, right, then we're just talking about the past. We're not connecting it to how it matters in the future. So our third thing is thinking that a step down will make the job search easier or will make the job easier to get. So here's a story for you. Have a mechanical engineer who's been searching for work in a new area, just moved to an area, searching for work for about four months. Comes into my office and says, you know, I, I just need a job quickly. What do you think about putting something together for me to apply to positions to, to be a mover, to run a moving van, right? To move people with, with one of the local moving companies. And I said, well... When have you done that before? Well, I haven't, but it just seems like it would be an easy job to get. Newsflash, there aren't any easy jobs to get, right? Every job is somewhat competitive, and every job is looking for people who have experience. Most likely, they're really looking for someone who has experience doing exactly what they're hiring for, right? That's a hiring manager's dream. And so if we think that we're going to take a step down because it might be easier to get that job, we're going to struggle, right? Unless we have that specific experience and can some way demonstrate that we are a good fit for that job. Just because it may seem like a lower level job to us doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be easier to get. Another example there working with an individual who was in the financial sector and had been unemployed for a, a while, got caught up in the, the financial sector crash of 2008, 2009, and had struggled. Been at a high level, though, before he got laid off. Trying to get a financial analyst or more entry-level position and struggling right? Struggling to get interviews or he'd get the interview and what would they tell him? You can guess, right? They would tell him that he's overqualified. Well, he was. The truth of that search, of that transition, is that every hiring manager is going to have red flags go up when you're taking that big of a step down. They don't think you're going to stay, right? You can think through their fears, Of course, you can try to address those fears in the interview. And if you're really looking for that type of position because you enjoyed that type of work more or because you want to get back to, you know, getting your hands dirty, you've got to have a great answer for that question. And even then, it's going to be a challenging move. It's going to be one of those moves that probably requires something more beyond traditional job search methods in terms of applying online and interviewing, right? It's going to take more networking, getting people to know you, getting people to trust that you really are doing what you say you're going to do versus that you're just trying to get your foot in the door so that you can work your way back up. Nobody wants that, right? Nobody wants to be that stepping stone today. 
They want someone who's going to stay forever, even though, as we'll talk about, they're not promising you forever. So when we're thinking about that change, and if we're trying to take a step down, again, we've either got to adjust our search and be very clear about why we're taking that step down, or we have to think about the fact that, again, getting the entry-level job is not going to be any easier than getting the job where we should be. So it's staying focused, staying focused. And some of the other things that we'll talk about here in a little bit might also be getting in your way if you're making that transition. Staying focused, switching up your job search methods, really taking a look at are you communicating yourself at the right level in in your documents, all of those things. Maybe you take a little step down from where you were, but not that huge step, right? Jumping two or three levels down from where you were is going to raise those red flags, make it more challenging for you to get the job, actually maybe even more challenging than applying at the level where you should be at because that's where you look like a fit, that's where you have the experience that they're looking for. That's where your all your skills and all your experience is a selling point versus something that you're trying to hide, right? So thinking about if you've been in that situation that you're trying to get back into something so you feel like you need to take a, a step down, what's the appropriate amount of step there to not be raising red flags and getting yourself into some trouble? So those were our first three things that might be getting in your way if you are stuck in your job search, hanging on to the irrelevant, thinking about how you're communicating to the future instead of the past, what do you want to do, what from your background makes sense to share, makes sense to quote unquote market or sell about yourself versus building that career obituary that just lists everything you've ever done, laundry list, kitchen sink, your whole closet on your on your body, whatever you want to use in terms of your analogy, it just doesn't work, right? It's not effective marketing for you, not effective marketing in any way when we think about how marketing works. Then that that idea of taking a step down versus applying to positions where your experience, your qualifications, all of those things will be expected, appreciated, instead of thinking that starting lower level is somehow going to be easier, right? That fit uh, for you, I think about it in terms of, you know, employers have their little box that this is the person that they're looking for. And you might think, oh, but I'm so much more than that that's not necessarily a good thing, right? We want to find how we can position ourselves as pretty close to that box of what they're looking for. And I just have found that the hiring process is typically not a creative process, right? There are some companies that are trying to be more creative about it. But in general, you've got a slot they're looking to fill and we're trying to show them that we fit. So we can start from the beginning of selecting things that make sense to try to fit. Uh, 
So we'll come back in just a few minutes. We're going to talk about a few more ways that you might be getting in your way in the job search and in your career growth. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Does your organization lack proper leadership? We're not necessarily talking about experience, but about how to face the changing dynamic of leadership today. Sometimes the people we lead know more, old ways don't work anymore, and the comfort zone just becomes too easy. Listen for Out of the Comfort Zone with Dr. Wanda Wallace. We'll show you how you can adapt and develop your leadership skills to today's workplace every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. tuned into the career confidant with marie zimanoff if you have a question or comment for marie or her guest today please call 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 you may also send an email to marie at a strategic now back to the career confidant welcome back to the career confidant and today we are talking about really kind of how you might be getting in your own way in your job search. So we've talked about how we might be hanging on to things that are irrelevant, whether that's on our resume, in our interviewing, focusing on the past instead of the future. How does what we've done really matter to an employer? How can we talk about it in a, in a future-focused way? Thinking that a step down will make the job search easier. See less of this today than I did when the economy was bad. I still do see people that want to get into a different type of company or a different type of work. But it's not as big of a change as they think it is. And trying to take that huge step down is actually hurting them instead of helping them. So let's continue on here with some of the things that might be getting in your way. The next one is thinking that your resume doesn't matter. So you're focused on LinkedIn, you're you're building relationships, maybe even you've, you've completed your profile, but your resume is old school, right? Or your resume doesn't really share the things that are going to be important for this next employer. It doesn't have the right keywords, it doesn't share any accomplishments, whatever it might be that you know, eh, it's not really great, but it doesn't really matter, right? People are looking at LinkedIn. That's where the decisions are really made. Well, here are some things that might be happening. One, you're networking into a company and then HR asks for your resume because they will. 
and they still have to be able to justify hiring you or interviewing you, right? And if your resume is junk or it doesn't include the things that show that you're relevant, and this especially happens when people are changing careers and you've got a network, right? Then your your resume does have to fit. It has to tell the same story. Or the hiring manager sees it, HR sees it, whoever hasn't seen it and doesn't, doesn't really know you sees it and you lose credibility, right? You lose that wow factor. You have to go in there if you get the chance to and, and win them over. And that's just not a position you want to be in. Spend some time looking at best practices and putting in the content that really needs to be in your resume in terms of content. Of course, having it look good would be nice, but in terms of content, that's probably more important. The other thing is if you're not really digging into your story, you're not really digging in to figure out what would need to go on a resume. And I think digging into what needs to go on a two-page resume if you're an experienced professional or a one-page resume if you're more entry-level professional, younger, getting started, you're not thinking about how you're packaging your brand, right? On LinkedIn, you have this amazing ability to put lots of stuff. What really matters? What's priority? What really do you stand for? What really do you want that employer to see? When you sit down and you have to put together your two-page resume, it, it makes you do that, right? It makes you focus. It makes you get crystal clear on what matters and what doesn't. It's a great exercise. I do think it's important. I do see employers wanting that eventually at some point in the process. The other thing that happens is you get the interview, you're excited, and then you don't get an offer. Or then you get an offer and the salary is way off from what you thought it would be. Because your resume looks like a $50,000 employee, even though you've been a $100,000 employee, right? And just like any other marketing piece, the content, the visual, all of that gives someone a sense of what level of professional you're marketing yourself as, what level of professional you are. And if it's not where you want to be, if you don't look like where you are, right? Everyone always said dress for the job you want, not the one you are or where you are. Your resume is very similar. Now, of course, that's not always true. You could go in and wow them in the interview and get everything you want with a crappy resume. It happens. Think about, are you going through the process? Are you really figuring out what matters? And use your resume as a tool for that. How can you tell your stories, practice telling your stories, writing your stories, and getting them to that point where they're coming together in a cohesive way and you know what the most important part of the story is. That's really what your resume is built on from the beginning. Next one here, not being strategic with your marketing. So going to every single marketing event and where I see this happen quite a bit is with 
businesses, right? Small businesses. Just talking to a gentleman who wants to start a home care senior type of business. And I know he's going to be great because he has this strategic mind. Whereas I've seen people in that home care business at networking events where there's just not a good fit, right? Yeah, maybe possibly there are children there of parents who need that at-home kind of care. But it just doesn't make any sense that they're spending their time and their money at that event. Job seekers do the same thing, right? If you're going to networking events where there aren't any people who work in or around your industry, you're spending a lot of energy for most likely nothing. Go to places where people in your industry will be. And maybe even better, start with your existing network. Start asking better questions of your existing network before spending all this time and energy to go out and make new relationships, which takes time and meet new people which takes a lot of energy and find places where people will be in your industry that'll be the best use of that time and industry but it's going to take time too what have you been talking to your existing network about do they know what you're looking for do they know what types of companies you're interested in do they know all the ways that they could help you That existing network, some of us are afraid of that existing network, right? We don't want them to know that we're looking. And if we're employed, there may may be some truth there. But you're really looking for that inner circle of people who you wouldn't mind. You trust them. You know that if they know you're looking, they'll want to help. You don't have to feel like you've got to get them something or give them something, even though you can, right? They're the easiest people to give back to because you know them. You know that taking their kid to soccer practice for them would be a great thing to do, right? You know what those things are and you feel like you can't ask for help, but you could, right? They want to help. Start there, then think strategically, whether it's volunteering at a place where your target company sends their employees to volunteer or it's going to a networking event that's actually specifically for that industry. And the best way to find most of those I've found anyways is meetup, right? M-E-E-T-U-P meetup.com. They have web builders meetups. They have green drinks. They have environmental types of groups lots of association groups have started putting their things on meetup so that that they can be found and then of course any professional associations local chapters that you can find those are great ways to network and they're great ways to network even if you are employed because you're there networking for your current job right not necessarily because you're looking it's all about how you position yourself at those events and those industry events make the most sense if you're currently employed but looking for something better all right so a big one here taking things and making them worse in your head so here are a few examples 
talking to a lovely gentleman who has worked for himself and is now looking to get a job, right? Get hired by a company. And everyone says this to me, right? Well, I would never say this in an interview, but just because you'd never say it in an interview doesn't mean that the fact that you're thinking it won't creep in there somehow. If you're thinking it that much, it's going to come out. So here's this young gentleman's point. He's been working for himself. Now he wants to work for a company and he's worried about what a risk he is because of that. Where is that coming from, right? And why does that company, why does that need to be what you're selling about yourself? Why does that need to be what gets in your way? So another way that we let things get in the way in our head, age, right? We've talked about this a lot. But if you're worried about that, the fact that you're too old, that will come out somehow, right? It will work its way in there. And it's all in our heads. Yes, there's age discrimination, but how do you know that it's going to happen to you? How do you know that it's going to happen with this employer? You don't. You're the one bringing that into the room. So whatever it is for you, and we all have it, whatever we we think is that issue that's going to keep us from getting employed, we have to start thinking about a few different things, right? One, we have to think about how that could be a benefit. So how could working for himself be a benefit for my, my gentleman client? Now, does he necessarily want to say, I've been working for myself and this is how that's going to be helpful? No. However, he does want to be able to share those things that he can think of will make it a strength. That's what he's got, right? That's what he's got. And so being able to share how those things are strengths versus trying to hide everything, we might not market everything, but we want to be able to market the things that make sense from that situation versus trying to shove it all under the rug. Same thing with your age, right? You're not going to be able to hide it. So thinking about how it's how it is a sales point. We have to be careful there. Some people will say, oh, you know, my experience and I'm dependable. Well, age doesn't necessarily equal all those things, right? And it might. So what does it mean for you? It might mean experience. It might mean the ability to solve problems. All of those things have to be sold on their own right. Again, they're not givens just because we haven't are a certain age, right? So we need to think about what those things are and be able to market them in a way that makes sense, right? That's relevant and thinking future focused, but not let them become an Achilles heel, not let them become something that we think is going to get in our way. And so the self-fulfilling prophecy kicks in and, and yep, that's exactly where the conversation goes. All right, we'll be right back in just a few minutes. We're going to keep talking about some of the things that might be getting in your way in your job search and in your career growth. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. 
You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we've been talking about things that might be getting in your way if you are job searching. So we were just talking about making things worse in your head than they are. This tends to happen to us when we get stressed, right? It's a, they call it awfulizing in the counseling world, that we let our brains kind of uh, amplify something to this position that it just doesn't deserve, whether that's our, our age or the fact that we've worked for ourselves or for one of my clients, it was the fact that she'd worked from home. She kept talking about that in the interview, right? And it just wasn't relevant. It was hurting her. She didn't need to be talking about it. But we get this idea that we have to explain X, Y, or Z. Not necessarily, right? And not, and how we do that is going to be important. So getting those things and putting them in perspective talking to you know a friend that that does hiring or talking to someone at a workforce center or someone who does coaching that is part of the benefit of those things right to get out of your head tell it to someone else and have someone else say well geez that's not that big of a deal I know 10 people who did x y or z or 10 people who've been out of work for six months or you know, I know lots of people who've quit their, their jobs for no reason recently. There's, there are all of these things that we convince ourselves are going to be a huge deal. And again, then it, it comes in around and becomes a huge deal. So if you have something like that that keeps getting in your way, it's not necessarily the roadblock that you think it is. It may be how you're talking about it, maybe a different way to bring it up, maybe that you don't need to bring it up, right? There's lots of different things that might be going on there if something keeps getting in your way. Next one, 
looking for that one job that will get you through to retirement. So here is my analogy for that. You're going on a first date and not only expecting that person that you're dating to marry you, but expecting in two or three years that they'll be okay with you walking away from that relationship with the amount of money that you deem appropriate. Not very appealing, right? Employers don't want that. Employers, even if you're 15 years out, right? Nobody wants on a first date for you to be talking about or thinking about that 15 years from now, you're mostly excited about leaving. If you're thinking that much about retirement, we might need to find a different line of work that would be more intriguing to you. It may be time to think about how you want to work differently now. You could consult, right? There's lots of different ways you could use your experience to benefit an employer and yourself or simply your reframing in your mind, right? I'm looking for a great job where I can continue my career and add value and make what I'm worth. Great, healthy approach, right? But this idea, and I hear it all the time, anywhere from people who need to work five more years to 10 more years to 12 years, they'll come into my office and say, I'm just looking for that one job that I can work until I retire. And nobody wants to be that, right? Nobody wants to be the other side of that relationship. You think it sounds good. Oh, it means I'm going to be loyal to them for 10 years. One, they don't really care that much about loyalty today. We'll talk about that in a little minute. And two, you've already defined your end date. And it just sounds like you're more worried about when you'll retire than what you're going to do for them for the next 10 years while you're working there. That's not what you mean, and I get that, but that attitude just doesn't do you well. If you're trying to build a lifestyle that works for you now, consult, start a franchise. There's lots of other ways to do something. When you go to work for someone else, there's a different agreement that you're making, right? And in some ways, it's that neither of you agree to be married, but neither of you talk about it, right? Which I don't think necessarily is great, but that's where we're at. So thinking about what am I saying when I walk into this interview? And, you know, you might laugh, but I've had people go into an interview and they say, where do you see yourself in 10 years? And the person says, retired. It may be true, but it's not helping you, right? Find a different way to answer that question that doesn't lead down that road, that doesn't end with you saying that you see yourself retired. Next thing, not understanding your market. So I think we've talked about the movement in the careers industry to talk about hope. And hope is important. You need to understand your value To me, that's what hope is. You don't have hope because you don't understand your value. You have to understand that value. And you have to understand that value in the context of a market. Otherwise, it's false expectations and all that's going to happen is defeat. Defeat for you, defeat for the employer because you're not on the same page. 
So know your value, but know it within that context of a market. What's going on in your market right now? What's the competition like? What are they really looking for? What really is differentiating within your market? And newsflash, I can guarantee you that 15, 20, 30 years of experience is not differentiating. What is? How much are they paying in salary right now for people they're hiring in your line of work? All of those things that we can know about our market help us know how we're going to negotiate better, help us know what to communicate about ourselves. Otherwise, we walk in and we think we've done this great job of selling ourselves, great job of marketing. Look at all these qualifications that I have. And none of them are differentiating. And then we expect a salary offer that's way above where the market is. And again, just defeat, it doesn't work out. So know your value, be confident in that value, and know what the market value is, not just what we might think based on where we've been or some idea we have in our head of where we want to go. There has to be some intelligence in there around the market, what's going on in your area, geographic and your industry, your level of position. Next thing, not understanding how your market really hires. So in addition to kind of the positioning piece, how do people in your market really find their, really find their talent, right? We talked about this a few weeks ago that I was shocked to hear Jerry Crispin from Career Crossroads share that only 3% of positions, 3% of positions in the companies that he looked at, big and small, good data he's got, only 3% of positions were filled through an external recruiter. Now, What does that mean in your market, right? For all we know, I haven't dissected his data. It could be 0.5% in all the other industries and 20% in the financial sector or whatever it is, right? So that's something you need to know about your industry. How do employers in your industry really hire? Is it referrals? And, you know, when Jerry was sharing his data, that was the number one thing that people do to hire. They hire based on referrals. However, there are companies out there that don't do that. I was talking to someone who is sharing that he was working with a company that had a third party do all of their hiring because they didn't want any nepotism, right? They didn't want any person who was familiar with another person in the decision-making process. I do think that's an outlier, but it does happen, right? And so it's knowing your target companies, knowing your industry, how do they hire? Do they use executive search firms? Do they use recruiters? Do they use their employees to generate referrals? How do they use their online systems, right? We can kill ourselves thinking about how to do an a resume that will get through the applicant tracking system only to find out that that company doesn't use it at all. There's a local company here who has 
thousands, tens of thousands of resumes in their bank from people submitting them. They don't hire from them. Only at like dire need. Otherwise, the recruiters are out on LinkedIn, actively sourcing, stealing from competitors, and that database that all of these people are throwing their resumes into and probably spending hours and hours and hours of time on don't ever get looked at. And it's not a secret. So do your research and understand how your market really hires. And if you've been a part of the market for a while, part of the industry for a while, that'll be easier, right? When you're making a change moving into a new geography, moving into a different industry, that will take more research. Guess what? Those are great questions to ask when you're networking. They're not confrontational. They don't require anybody to do anything. It's simply how do you see people getting into these types of companies? How well are recruiters known around this area? Do do you see that people in this area are using a lot of recruiters? Those types of questions, depending on the level of person that you're networking with, where you can get great information about how that market hires, that will help you decide how you job search, right? It's one of the most challenging parts of job search is that there isn't a prescribed method. There isn't a secret formula. It's knowing your market, knowing your positioning, and building a strategy that works to meet the strengths of both, to be able to highlight the best things and get through to the people that it needs to get through to. So we've talked here about the the ways that you might be getting in your own way in, in your job search, right? We've talked about hanging on to the irrelevant, focusing on the past in front of the future, thinking a step down will be an easier job to get, thinking your resume doesn't matter, not being strategic in your networking, making things worse in your head than they really are, and not capitalizing on those things that you might think are an Achilles heel, right? How can you sell it? Looking for that one job that will get you to retirement, not understanding your market in terms of of salary, competition, what differentiates you, and not understanding how your market really hires. So when we come back, we're going to talk about six things that might be getting in the way with your career advancement, and some of them filter over into job search as well. So we'll be right back here in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. 
Engage with Andy Bush takes you inside the mind of a top global market and public policy analyst who has been featured regularly on CNBC, Yahoo Finance, and numerous radio and television programs. Our program will bring you guests and stories from the top of the political and business worlds. Each show includes Andy's point of view roundup and what it means for you at home. Life's complicated. Let Andy help you figure it out. Tune in every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant, and today we are talking about things that might be getting in your way in your job search and your career advancement. So we've gone through the things that that may be getting in your way in terms of your job search. Now we're going to talk about career advancement. So one of the things that we've talked about before, this idea of would you rather be right or happy? I see this get in people's way all the time, right? Where you argue things that don't matter or question someone on something that doesn't matter or act like you know everything all the time, right? And I, it's a really hard thing for those of us who do it, and I'm including myself in that. It's actually part of a personality thing, right? For those of, of you who do that, most likely you have a certain base personality. And there's nothing wrong with that. However, we do have to realize, just like anybody with any personality thing, that it gets in our way. And catch yourself. Right? It's okay to question someone and then say, "You know what? I'm I'm sorry. You're you're right. Let's let's keep moving forward." Or to start arguing with someone and say, and this probably will most likely help it happen with a significant other you know I'm sorry for arguing about that it really it it really is a silly thing to have to be right on you've got to say that you actually have to catch yourself doing it and say it practice it at home then you'll stop doing it so much at work it takes conscious effort just like an introvert who's trying to go and network or a you know, a person who's trying to get better at setting goals and writing things down, whatever it is that other people have to work on, if that's your thing and you notice that it's getting in your way, or maybe you notice that people stop talking to you about certain things, or maybe people in your life tell you that this is an issue and you've been not paying attention, pay attention, right? This is the one thing that's getting in the way of lots of people's career development today. It used to be that if you had a PhD in electrical engineering from Stanford, it didn't matter that you were a jerk. 
Today it does. If you can't work with a team, if you can't talk to customers, you aren't going to get respect. You aren't going to be an integral part of the organization. It's part of how the world of work has changed. And boy, working on that will probably get you further in your career than another degree or any other further training, right? Would you rather be right or happy, employed, promoted, hired, whatever it is that goes on the other end of that sentence? The next thing is to realize that, and we talked about this in a different way, employment is no longer marriage, right? However you want to talk about that, free agent nation, whatever it might be, when we walk into a company, we have to know that it is in our hands to move. It is in our hands to grow. It's in our hands to get what we need out of our career, to ask for training, to make a case for why we should get to go to a green belt training or a sales training. That's our job, right? If we want to keep keep progressing in our career, it's up to us. Similarly, and I just had a colleague write about this today, but your boss is not your career coach, right? If you want to get your career plan together, figure out how to get where you want to go, that is not a conversation you'll be having with your boss. Hopefully, you'll be having the conversation of how can you get some of those things with your boss after you figure out what they are, right? And that's where get a book, get a coach who can help you work through that career plan, who can help you decide what you need to get where you want to go. Then you can go back to your boss and ask some of those specific questions. Be a great conversation. Just the realization that they are not your career coach. Now, sometimes internally, there's an HR person or there is some system set up for you to get some of that career development. It's rare. But if it's there, use it. Ask for it. But realize that it's probably not with your boss. Next thing that's hurting your career is not managing your brand visibility. So this might be during your job search, definitely while you're employed, right? It is up to you. Just like if you were a small business, right? It's up to you to continually do something that connects you to your industry. Do something that shows your expertise. That might be giving presentations, writing articles, all all of the channels that you could use to job search. You want to be doing those things while you're employed. And I know you're saying, well, Marie, that sounds like a lot of work. Yeah. And what I know is that if you do those things, you'll never be unemployed for a long time unless you choose to be. Right? The people that typically have trouble moving haven't maintained a network, haven't made a network in their location if they've been working virtually. They lack that group of people that we were talking about. When you go to network, use that that internal group, that close-knit group, the people who know and trust you. If you lack that group, you're going to struggle. And the bigger that group is to some extent 
the better, right? If it's really, they know you and trust you, you know them and they, and it goes both ways. The, the size of that group is good and the way you've maintained the relationships with them. And if you're not managing how you appear to them, what you're saying to them, and that you're actually communicating with them on some regular basis, that sounds all prescribed, but of course it's just maintaining relationships. Next thing, not capitalizing on your strengths. So whether you are working and and want to move up or whether you're just working and you're happy doing what you're doing, most likely that's because you're in some way using those things that you're naturally good at. Find out what they are, tell people what they are, go after opportunities to use them more. That is the key, right, to growth, to success in any way you can measure it to be capitalizing on those strengths, using them on a daily basis. Last thing, not realizing your potential to be a leader or a star where you are. Now, people get caught up in, you know, well, I don't want to work overtime and I want to have work-life balance. Those things don't matter. What I'm talking about is using your strengths, doing a great job, doing what you say you will do, taking some initiative. We're not talking about working 80 hours a week here, 60, 70, even 50. We're talking about being a good employee, right? Being a good team member, being the person who can be counted on, being the person who doesn't have to come up with the, all the ideas, but can come up with ideas when it's, when it's good, when it fits, when it's helpful, and, and build relationships, right? That, that being a star where you are, being a leader, is more about more about being at work when you're there than how long you're there. So we look forward to seeing you next week right back here on The Career Confidant. If you want to get in touch with me, I'm always happy to answer any questions that I can. Feel free to connect with me at Marie, M-A-R-I-E at astrategicadvantage.com and we'll see you right back here next week on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then.